Well, I want to welcome our City First Church family that are joining us from all over the globe, as well as God Behind Bars and City First Anywhere locations. And if it is your first time here, you might be like, wow, I've never been to a church like this before. Well, I want to say we are in this series called At the Movies, which is always a fun time of the year, where we talk about different movies, but movies are just the beginning of the conversation. The movies themselves are not really the topic. In the same way that Jesus told parables and drew truths from these stories, we look at movies and we draw out and tease out biblical truths and life principles. And I believe by the end of the day that uh, you'll understand what we're talking about. And so 1986, it was a good year. I was a junior in high school here at Christian Life Schools. And there was a movie that came out called Top Gun. Now, I'm curious, how many of you saw the original movie, Top Gun, in a theater? All right, in a theater. Oh, yeah, my hand's up on that one, all right? In fact, all of my friends in high school, we went to go see the movie multiple times, and this is a little cheesy, okay, cheesy alert here, we gave each other the nicknames, the call names, all right? Somebody was Maverick, somebody was Goose, somebody was Viper, Slider, Iceman, you name it. I mean, we all did that, and, and here's the thing. I realize I'm the one admitting it, but a bunch of you guys did that too, all right? You, you called each other by the call names in the hallways and stuff like, hey, what's up, Slider? Hey, what's up, Maverick, kind of thing. Um, do you know this, that recruitment in the Navy jumped 10% that year after Top Gun came out. Isn't that wild? We all wanted to be fighter pilots. Well, the original movie um, is, is basically about a Top Gun Naval Fighter Weapons School where the best of the best, it's actually, it, it, it's a real place, all right, where the best of the best, like fighter pilots, go to train and hone their skills. And there was this hotshot fighter pilot by the name of Pete Mitchell. His call name was Maverick played by Tom Cruise, you know, a dreamy 23-year-old Tom Cruise back in the day, right? Uh, <laughs> and he was sent to this school, and he, was, uh, he, he just had a reckless attitude and a, a cocky demeanor, and it put him at odds with the other pilot. Well, now, 36 years later, Top Gun Maverick comes out, and it's a movie that's kind of a sequel, you could say, where Pete Mitchell is still in, you know, the Navy, but he's asked to come back to Top Gun, this school, and train up a next generation of young pilots for a seemingly impossible mission. And this week, what I want to talk to you about, City First, is I want to talk to you about the fact that we're all in a fight. We're in a fight. It doesn't matter your age, your stage of life. We live in this hopelessly broken world where we are all fighting something. In fact, there's a famous saying, I don't know the person who first said it or I give him credit for it or her credit for it, but the saying goes like this. You probably heard it. Everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about, Right? Everyone's fighting a battle. In fact, right now, there's, there's a lot of people in person attendance at various locations of City First. There's a lot of people watching in living rooms or online right now. And I will say for every person that is listening to me right now, there is a specific battle. And the person next to you doesn't even maybe fully realize it, right? Um, life is not easy. And the answers that I'm going to give today are not easy, yet this is what I know. God can give each and every one of us a victory no matter what battle that we are encountering right now, wherever we're at. I believe that with all my heart. So here's my question I want to start off with today is what are you facing right now? 
What is it you're facing? What are, what are you going through? What fight, what battle are you fighting? It could be a health battle. It could be a financial battle. It could be something you're fighting in your relationships or career or whatever it is. What are you facing right now? The Apostle Paul who wrote the majority of what we now call the New Testament. Originally, these were letters that were written. Um, he would write letters to various churches. We've compiled them together uh, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, and we created what is now called the New Testament. He talks about fighting. He talks about a battle of life. And this is what he says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, we are not fighting against humans. That's good for many of us to remember, because I feel like sometimes I'm fighting people. You know what I mean? Um, we're not fighting against humans. We're fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. Now, let me say this as a disclaimer because I know some of you might be even new or, or checking out City First and you're like, uh-oh, this is getting weird real quick, all right? No, no, we believe that there is really a devil. If there's a God, there's also a devil, okay? We believe that. And we also believe that there is evil in this world. All you got to do is read the headlines of the various news outlets and you immediately will find out, or at least intuitively know, there's probably something sinister going on here. There, there is something that is evil beyond just the actions of people. And yes, people are, in a sense, they uh, are liable for their actions and we have to hold people accountable. But at the end of the day, there seems to be something bigger going on. It seems to be something more evil going on. And, and you know what? I believe this. I believe that there's an enemy that really is out to make each and every one of our lives miserable and broken and disconnected from our creator God. I believe that. And Paul uses all kinds of metaphors in the New Testament in these various letters. He uses metaphors like fight. He talks about us being in a war. He talks about a race, that we're running a race. He's talking about, like, that sometimes likened it to a boxing match, that there's a foe that we're, we're boxing against. He talks about wrestling, like hand-to-hand -hand combat. He uses all kinds of metaphors to describe this kind of battle of life that we're in. We're in this hopelessly broken world, and we're kind of, like, fighting through. And, you know, all of us have these expectations of what life should be like, and then there's the reality of what it is, right? It's like uh, the boxer Mike Tyson, when he was being interviewed, he said this, he goes, you know, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. <laughs> and I think all of us have a plan in our life. We have a plan with our health, our marriage, we have a plan with our, our, our career training, our schooling, our, our retirement, whatever. We have a plan until all of a sudden life punches us in the mouth. And some of you, you've been punched in the mouth lately by life. And if you have, I want to say this, today is for you then, because there is hope. There is hope. When life punches us in the mouth, that is not the end of the fight. But rather instead, God joins with us in the fight. And I want to talk about that today. In the movie Top Gun, Maverick, uh, Maverick is supposed to teach this group of young Navy pilots. And, 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 you know, most of them have had a lot of classroom, but they haven't had much actual combat experience. And so he is being introduced to them as this, this old sage, you could say, coming into the classroom to train them everything that he knows and he's experienced. Let's watch. 
The best of the best of America's F-18 pilots have all been summoned for a special yet dangerous mission. Only half of them will be chosen to fly, but who will train them for such a heavy task? None other than Captain Pete Mitchell, call sign Maverick. Captain Mitchell intends to train these pilots in ways that can only be described as unconventional. He challenges his students by stating, your enemy knows everything about your plane, but they do not know your limits. Do you know that the enemy knows the Bible better than you do? Do you know that the enemy knows more about God than you do? He is crafty. He is not just some dude walking around in some red Spanx outfit or something like that with his little pitchfork, but rather he's very crafty. In other words, he knows everything about the Bible. He knows everything about who God is, but this is what he doesn't know. He doesn't know your limits. In other words, he can predict maybe what you're going to do, but he doesn't know what you're going to do. He doesn't know what you're made of, what's on the inside of you. The Apostle Paul wrote about his physical battles that he encountered as he was planting churches all over the known world in the Roman Empire at that time. And this is what it says in 2 Corinthians. He says, five different times the Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. In other words, he was whipped. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and a day adrift at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I've faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. I've faced danger from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I've faced danger in the cities, in the deserts, and on the seas. I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I've worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I've been hungry and thirsty and often gone without food. I've shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. I mean, he's just listing some of the battles he's been in. Now, when I, when I read that, I'm like, I got a good life. I really do. I got a good life. But I would say this. Many of us, there's not the same battles that Paul encountered, but they're different battles. And this is what I would guess. They're probably intense. They're probably intense, whether it be at work or at school or, you know, in your family or in your health or life in general. It seems like it's one battle after another. So what gave Paul the courage to endure what I just read? Like what gave him the, 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 the fortitude, you could say, to keep going? Well, I believe he knew Jesus' words. And Jesus said this. He said, the spirit in you is far stronger than anything in the world. The spirit in you is far stronger. In fact, turn to the person next to you and say far stronger. Far stronger, not a little bit, not incrementally stronger, far stronger than anything in the world. Paul knew that Jesus said that. And this is what the enemy doesn't know. He doesn't know your limits because he doesn't know whether you're going to take Jesus' words at face value. He doesn't know whether or not you're going to really own what Jesus said. Like when Jesus said, the spirit of you, in you is far stronger, do you believe that or is that a nice Sunday school verse? Do you really believe it? Because if you believe it, guess what? The enemy starts to shake in his boots. The enemy starts to realize that when we take God at his word and that we really own it in our hearts, that at that moment, all of a sudden, 
he begins to become a little nervous. See, Paul believed it and he lived it. And there are three reasons why I think that many times we don't maybe own that or believe it. We don't believe that we're stronger than the battles that we're in or the enemy that we're encountering. And the first reason is our past. The second reason is our qualifications. And the third reason is our outlook. These are the three reasons why I think we don't own it, you could say, and believe that we're stronger. First of all, our past, we don't think that God can use us or will be with us because we've disqualified ourselves with previous or past actions and choices, right? You know, Paul has an answer to that. He says in Philippians, he says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past. Turn to the other person and say, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. In other words, what is done is done. You gotta move on. The good, the bad, the ugly. Whatever is in your past, the good things, the bad things, or whatever, you move forward. I love what you know, Maverick said there. He's like, you, you know, you, in a sense, the enemy knows the book better than we do, and guess what? Just because you graduated from Top Gun, that was yesterday. That was yesterday. What is done is done. God is more interested in your future than in your past. Do you understand that? Even for those of you that don't know him yet, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. God is more interested in your future than your past. Our qualifications... You know, we many times, we don't feel qualified. And that's why a second reason I think we don't, we don't act and believe that we're stronger than the enemy and the battles that we're in is because our qualifications. We, we feel we're just not qualified. Well, this is what Paul would say when he wrote the church in Rome. He said this, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. In other words, when hell ups the ante, grace even becomes more abundant. Do you understand that? So this is the thing, that, that God's grace always supersedes the problem. God's plan works out best in weak and imperfect people. Do you hear that? And I don't know about you, but I believe that, that we are all qualified because we're weak and we're imperfect. That's where God's plan works out best. Third reason is our outlook. Our outlook, sometimes we see the battle and we go, there's no way to win. This, this battle's bigger than the other battles I've been through, and, and, and I just don't have it in me. And, and this is what I would say, that God doesn't call the qualified, but rather he qualifies the called. In other words, yeah, you don't have it in you, but guess what? God's going to put it in you so that you can become victorious. You're graced for it. You're graced for it. Jesus said this. He said, with man, this is impossible, but... With God, all things are possible. I don't know what you're encountering right now. In your marriage, your health, your finances, your, your depression, whatever it is that you're facing right now, I don't know what it is. It seems impossible, it probably is. But with God, all things are possible. In other words, you are a perfect candidate for God's power. Perfect candidate for God's power. In the movie, there's a lot of doubt on whether this special mission is actually possible. Like many people thought it was impossible. So Maverick is trying to train these, these, these uh, younger pilots and they keep on failing. And so he gets this idea. He is going to show them 
that the mission is possible through the training. He's going to have them observe that it can be done. Watch this. In order to encourage his team of pilots in the face of the coming mission, Maverick chooses to set an example and model the way of completing this mission with speed and precision. Maverick completes the drill in just two minutes and 15 seconds, blowing the original goal out of the water and completing what his pilots thought was impossible. His pilots are inspired by Maverick's bravery and commitment as the mission comes closer and closer. How many of you want to be a jet fighter pilot, right? Come on, come on. <laughs> Here's what I know. Your fight will encourage others to fight. You understand that? As you overcome, you will inspire others to overcome. In fact, I would say this, that faith is contagious. Can I also say fear is contagious? That's another sermon. Faith is contagious. Your victory is not just for you. Your victory and your battle is not just for you. It's for others that are watching you. It might be your kids. It might be your brother or sister, mom or dad, a coworker or a best friend that's watching your fight. And guess what? It's giving them courage to also fight their fight. Recently, a friend of mine was diagnosed with breast cancer, and it rocked her world, as you would imagine. And um, she was talking to Jen recently, a couple weeks ago, and she was describing her journey, and she said this. She said, God is going to use this, which I, I'm telling you right there, that's a pretty, that's, that's a very faith-filled statement, right? Because it's real. And she said that people who didn't even know Jesus had saw that she had been asking for prayer on Facebook and on social media, and those people were reaching out to her that didn't know Jesus but also had a similar diagnosis and were saying, how are you able to have such peace? And, and, and what, what are you doing with your, 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 your journey you know, with your doctors and stuff? And it started a conversation where my friend said it gave her an opportunity to introduce these people to Jesus, the great physician, by the way. And she would say, whether it's medicine or miracle, she believed that the healing was on the way. And because of her faith in Jesus, that obviously rocked her, rocked her family, and could have taken her to a very dark place, and if we're going to be honest, probably did at moments, God was able to take that battle and is even currently using it to help other people with their similar battles. And God is getting glory through it. I mean, here's the thing. It, it, it isn't easy to go through this life. And I don't understand why everything happens the way it happens. I, I don't know. But this is what I do know. That your battle also is to give courage to someone else. And that God will use it. You know, in the movie, um, the date of this special mission had arrived, and, and Maverick was actually asked to be the team leader and to handpick a few of the pilots to go with him. And the odds of success are very, very slim, that they're going to be able to accomplish this. In fact, it's going to be a miracle if this actually is pulled off. And so at that moment, they gather together, and it is time to go on mission. It is time to turn and burn. Watch this. This mission has begun, and Maverick has been chosen as team leader. With the help of his hand-picked team, the bunker they were assigned to destroy is successfully attacked and decimated. But the mission isn't over yet. 
Maverick and his squadron must evade missiles in an epic on-screen battle of skill and aerial combat. Sadly, sacrifice is a regular aspect of battle, and Maverick sacrifices his jet to save a fellow teammate, his well-being unsure and unknown. You know, we tend to have in our real life um, a view of God kind of like a Hallmark movie. And what I mean by that is this, is that first there's a battle, and then I seek God to help me win the battle, and then after that I pray and I stand on the promises of God, and then after that the battle goes away. That's how we see it, because that's how every Hallmark movie is. But sometimes life isn't that way. Sometimes you win a battle only to enter into another bigger battle. And this is why heaven is going to be amazing. Can I just put a, a thought out there? This is why I cannot wait to get to heaven because there will be no more battles. But in this life, it is easy to get overwhelmed. And some of you right now, you're tired because you've literally gone from one battle to the next. Like, mission accomplished, you accomplish the mission, and then you turn the corner and boom, another battle, right? Paul wrote this in the book of Galatians. He goes, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. Just at the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't give up. Can you guys say that after me on the count of three? One, two, three. Don't give up. One more time. Don't give up, right? Don't give up. You don't give up. That's, that's, really, that's really what we are to do is not give up, and sometimes we want to. And here's a spoil alert from the movie. Maverick actually parachutes out, and he lands in enemy territory. He is alive. And then the pilot, nicknamed Rooster, is call sign Rooster, actually breaks command and goes back and tries to rescue him. He gets shot down in the process. So now all of a sudden there are two pilots on the ground in enemy territory. And both of them are trying to get out alive. They go to an old Air Force base that had been bombed. And there's actually like some old F-14 jets that the enemy had captured years ago and like reskinned them with their logos and stuff like that. So they get in the F-14 the kind of plane that Maverick flew in the original Top Gun. And this antique plane gets off the ground, and once they get off the ground, they encounter some Generation 5 enemy jet fighters, and they are outgunned, they are outmatched. Let's see what happens. Barely making it out alive, Maverick and Rooster encounter one final enemy jet and they have no flares, no guns, and no way to safety. Maverick and Rooster are unable to eject from their plane, and their fate seems sealed. Suddenly, another one of Maverick's teammates shoots down the enemy and saves Maverick and Rooster's lives. Their mission is a success, and with no casualties. <laughs> yeah, come on, put your hands together for that. That was awesome. As we close, at the very last minute, when all hope was lost, the Savior arrived. <laughs> and you know what? It's more than a person. It's not anybody in your life, a physical person, but rather there is a very real Savior that will come to your rescue when you've done everything that you can do 
guess what? He comes. And at the end of the day, we need to remember what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Don't be afraid or worry about this large army or enemy because the battle is not your battle. It is God's battle. Do you understand at the end of the day, the battle, it's not going to just be your grit, your might, your wisdom, or anything like that. It is going to be God intervening, that God comes to the rescue. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. I love that verse. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've encountered things that were bigger than me. I did everything that I could do which God wants us to do what we can do. But at the end of the day, I can only do what I can do and then God has to do what only he can do. And so many times I've claimed that verse and I'm like, God, I need you to fight this battle for me. So today with every head bowed and every eye closed as we close, how many of you would say in a second here by upraised hand that you are fighting a real battle? Like it's a battle that's intense and you would like me to pray for you. Just go ahead and raise your hand. You can put it right back down. I want to pray for everyone, even online right now. Raise your hand in your living room if you need to. All right, you can put your hands down. Heavenly Father, I pray right now for every person that raised their hand. They're fighting a very real battle. Lord, it might be physical. It might be emotional. It might be in their career or their family or a relationship. Whatever it is that they're fighting, Lord, I ask that you would be the God of battle. That, Lord, we will do what we can do. But at the end of the day, that falls short. We need you to fight for us. So, Lord, we're going to obey and we're going to do what we can do. But at the end of the day, God, we need our Savior to speak and to act in this battle. Speak over the battle. Act and enter into the battle, I pray. So, Lord, do what only you can do. We pray for healing. We pray for restoration. We pray for reconciliation. We pray for wisdom. We pray, Lord God, for hope and joy. Lord, we pray for all of the things that, God, you want us to have, the victory you want us to have. God, we pray those things over my friends right now that raise their hands. And, Lord, we trust you. We trust you. Real quickly, with every head bowed and every eye closed still, if you say, I want to make Jesus the leader and the forgiver of my life. In other words, I want to invite him into the battle. I've been battling on my own, and I really need God. I need God to forgive me. I need God to save me. You're not becoming a member of a church today. You're just saying, God, I want you to become the leader and the forgiver of my life. If that's you, just go ahead also and just raise your hand and put it right back down. Yeah, there are hands up, and I guarantee you at all locations, even in living rooms. Let's just all say this prayer in closing together, all right? So that those that raise their hands aren't saying it by themselves, but realize that God's listening to each and every one of your specific voices. Pray this prayer. Jesus, forgive me for all my sin. I believe you died for me. I want to live for you. Thank you for loving me with an unconditional love. Save me, I pray. Battle with me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together, all right?